Hello and welcome to episode 63 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast that will try its best to entertain you in these dark, dark times. Uh, we've had a week off for the bye week, uh, thinking it'd be a nice, quiet, chilled out uh, seven days of nothing much happening. But of course, it wasn't. Not in the slightest. New. Not on your Nelly. Lots of things happened. Uh, some of which you may agree with, some of which you may not. Um, so joining me to discuss all the comings and goings is the bonfire to my night, the apple to my bobbing, the hello to my ween, and the are you wearing a costume to my or is that just your natural look? <laughs> it's Nathan Palmer, everybody. Good evening, Paul. Nice to have a week off from you. Uh, LAUGHTER <laughs> How are things in the uh, Hyron's household? You've been good. Yes, I've been all right. I've been. Uh, there's been a little bit of consternation with the <laughs> looking frowning. Get a good word in early. Do you know what I mean? Oh, get yeah, get a strong word in early. There. Like keep the audience hooked. Well, I'm excited to be back, and when I'm excited, I bring out the big words, the big guns. <laughs> You've become numb to the pain. Podcast of out, now. big words out. Yeah, because at the start of the season, we'd have a big loss and we'd be a bit gutted, and you could hear it in our voices. And now we don't care anymore. We just upbeat. We've got you know in the well, we pain. Do care. We but, care, you know. but the pain is numbed. <laughs> it is, and I'm, how do you numb your pain, Nathan? I don't know. <laughs> Prescription. I need a few no. pints later, I think. Some paracetamol, maybe? No, I'm not into, I don't take painkillers do ever. Do you not? No. You're a warrior, aren't you? No, I just, I just, you know, don't I just, agree with it. Do you know what I mean? Just like if you need them, like, save them for desperate situations. Let them do their bring magic. Bring them man. out. <laughs> bring out for them. Well, I would call this fairly desperate. We are now zero and nine after an absolute tonking. I mean, it was, wasn't it? It was a yeah, tonking. That's a good word for it. Yeah, tonking. It was, wasn't it? It really was awful, man. Because the thing is, it, it was over after three quarters to the point that the fourth quarter was just a bit sort of a, a procession, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, if Jackson had come on the field for the fourth and been like, let's just kill him, it could have been 60 or 70, couldn't it? Oh, really? yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we could not stop him. No. He was an absolute beast, animal, oh, he was amazing. gladiator. I know, like, I know what it, a, what I know, a geezer. I know it's very natural to turn in on yourself and kind of say, we were awful, what about the tackling? Yeah. But he was sensational. And, and to be fair to the Bengals, just slightly... He's done that to pretty much every team. Well, he's and done teams, it to the Patriots. He's teams yeah, yeah. better than us. He absolutely ripped up the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah, And he yeah. absolutely ripped up the Patriots, you know. So we're not alone in... Would in... he do it against Stoke City on a Wednesday night, though? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Stoke City on a, Wednesday, on a rainy, cold Wednesday night. Well, you don't know, in... do you? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever find out with that one, well, to be uh, honest with you. Good viewing, though, wouldn't it? It would be, yeah. Him playing, what What, what would he be playing? I don't even know who plays for Stoke anymore. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know who manager is for Stoke. Rory Dillap, isn't it? Yes, he's got he manager, is. Though, yeah, yeah. Has he got the full-time manager? Well, <laughs> what are we talking about Stoke City for? <laughs> Mate, that's what it's got to. The fans said, try not to talk about football, so we'll talk about Stoke City. No, let's not do that. <laughs> let's not do that. Um, we have got a packed show for you on our return to the fray, um, we have an incredible special guest. Lots of Bengals fans will be a bit nonplussed by this because he was in London a couple of weeks ago. Many of you met him in the Admiralty. It is, of course, uh, the legendary, soon-to-be Hall of Fame quarterback, let's hope, uh, Ken Anderson, making his second appearance on the show. And what frank a geezer. Frankly, I still have to pinch myself that I'm saying those words because, um, as I say, what an... I say it all the time, but he's genuinely he's a load, very, yeah. very nice man indeed. 
Still got his arm as well, hasn't he? Well, he's dishing me, those, those hats out. Lo, for those who weren't there at the Admiralty, so Ken, um, the Admiralty has a, obviously a, a ground floor which is packed. The Admiralty, of course, being the, the pub in London that the, the, the Bengals sequestered and, and kind of. Sequestered. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, and then there's like a mezzanine level, isn't there? There's like a balcony. Yeah, yeah. And on that balcony were Dave Lapham and Dan Hoare doing their radio show. All the VIPs. Uh, and me. Including yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I managed to get in there for 10 minutes or so. Um, and also up there was Ken Anderson, who uh, who did the radio show with, with Dave and Dan. And, of course, they were old roommates together, uh, Dave and Dan, uh, Dave and Ken, sorry. Uh, Dave and Dan are probably roommates right now, I think. Um, <laughs> but And then uh, the Bengals, uh, there was a few Bengals staff up there, and they were giving out kind of, what, towels and hats mm, and things like that. and Various merchandise. Various, various throwable merchandise. Oh and gosh. Ken was, you, you hear it later in the interview, but... Ken was thro- gladly throwing these rolled-up towels and hats and things into the crowd. And I tell you what, his arm was just ridiculous. I tried it a few times, and it was pathetic, quite frankly. <laughs> uh, but Ken was, like, filling him, filling him to the back of the room. It was unreal. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk to him a bit, uh, a bit more about that later on because he looked as though he was having a very nice time indeed. And, of course, um, we were very glad to have someone like Ken over um nathan's yawning he's bored already my long day long day in the office today oh yeah 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 yeah. um and we've been away for a few weeks so um i think the best thing to do is play uh we've done this before after a break so we'll do it again because there's so much to talk about right yeah 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 um let's play the bengals wheel of misfortune Right, are you ready, Nathan? I am ready. It's a shame that the Wheel of Misfortune has come back out. One day, next season, it'll be the Wheel of Fortune. The Wheel of Fortune, and it will have a nice re-theme tune to it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone will be excited, and Not we'll, we'll some... have two thousand listeners per pod. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, uh, I think I think you might be. I don't know. I don't know quite away from that I think. <laughs> we're still only three three, three listeners <laughs> okay so um we've got some subjects we're going to spin the wheel and um go on you give it a big spin son go on you get that arm going. all right I'd, I'd, I'd go on try my best look at those triceps ken anderson go on oh yes here we go right first uh first subject is aj green oh what a subject where we starting? What do you reckon, Sam? I'm worried. Well, there's a few reasons why, but what what's your main concern? Well, I think my main concern is that his tone seems to have changed in the last week. Mm. From him coming out and saying, "Yeah, I definitely want to stay, definitely want to stay," and then coming out and just it just seems like, well, if they want to, you know, if they're going to tag me, then just let me go. If they think I'm too injured. Just let me go. There are 31 other teams out there that will have me. And he's right. Yeah. But I, I do feel sorry for the Bengals. In Not feel sorry. I do understand their approach in this respect. Because he has been injured for quite a lot. And the fact they want to they wanna do that. They want to take their time. Because, um, again, they don't want to sign him. So uh, most fans, I would say, want him to stay, right? Yeah, probably about 80%, I yeah. reckon. So, and the argument is out there is that if he wants to stay, just just forget all this posturing and dealing and wheeling and 
trying to lowball him and all the rest of it. Just give him the money and let him be our Larry Fitzgerald, you know, into mm. these mid-30s, which is a, a an argument that I'd probably side with, actually. It's a really tough one, isn't it? Because I feel like, you know, I think the Bengals paid Tyler Boyd. I think in the Bengals' mind, he's not played for over a year. You know, he's not going to make any impact towards the rest of the, you know, the end of the season, really, in terms of us being a better team. And next year... At the, at the moment, it's very much looking like we're going to be rookie quarterback going at it. And it's like, well, you know, he's an aging wide receiver. He probably does want Julio Jones-style money, which I think the Bengals are going to be reluctant to pay with his age and with the stage the team's in now. Because you look at next year, it's going into a full rebuild. Do you pay elite wide receiver money to a guy with injury problems who's getting in, into the latter years of his 30s? And historically, looking at stats of players and wide receivers going into their mid to late 30s, production does quite significantly drop off, especially with a guy who's got injuries. So I think really, from a business point of view, the Bengals will be looking at it and they'll be saying, well, I don't know. You know, I, I But the I trouble don't know. is, things are so top. I mean, they're so they're getting so much flack. No, I know. Well, I think whatever if happens, if they don't send, sign AJ Green and make the decision not oh, to, I mean, people will be then fuming. there'll be riots. You know, and yeah, even yeah. though that's that's quite again, it's another valid. You don't think Green knows it. if you're Green's agent? Oh yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you're, yeah. you've got the Bengals over a barrel because from a PR standpoint, he goes and walks over to the Cowboys next year or to the Packers, Packers yeah, or someone yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And they go deep into the playoffs, and the Bengals win two games next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would just be a complete, complete riots in the streets. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, I don't know, but his his tone seems to have changed this last this last. I week. think he thought, and I, I think you know, of course, you, you know, if you're prepped by your agent, agent's a good guy. Like, I'm not trying to do oh, anything yeah, away absolutely. from him, but I think if your agent's saying to you, coming up to that trade deadline, you want to keep the fans on your side, you want to keep everything open. You've got to come out and be very positive and say the right things and everything else. And I think he thought in some respects that he might have been traded. I think there was probably significant really? interest. Well, I wouldn't have been surprised if they were pushing for his agent and stuff. No, no. I mean, you know, he they know. I mean, there have been whispers. Well, and I think AJ Green's a good guy. He wants to stay in Cincinnati. Yeah, there's no, I don't necessarily doubt that. But I think looking at the state of the team going into that trade deadline, 0-7, 0-8, and then thinking to yourself, well, next year you will probably go with a rookie quarterback. Am I going to win a Super Bowl in the next three or four years? But he doesn't seem to be quite motivated by. It. I mean, I'm sure. Obviously, he wants to win, but he, everything that he said, it's like you know, it's not necessarily about the money. It's about being a, a yeah. place that he's comfortable in, and he's been comfortable in Cincinnati for eight years or so. Um, but I say I do wonder whether the benching of Andy Dalton has had anything to do yeah, with fair point. The, the change in tone. Yeah, I do wonder point. that, and I know Jay Morrison has mentioned that on the Athletic yeah, podcast. Yeah, fair point. Um, anyway, right, let's spin that wheel of misfortune one more time. Oh, that's a better spin that time. There's a bit more wrist action on the spin there. Right now um, we've got. Ryan, I tell you what, I'm going to make an executive decision because we've got Ryan Finley come up, but we can't really talk about Ryan Finley before, unless we talk about Andy Dalton. So you're first. overruling the wheel I'm of misfortune. That's dangerous. Overruling and overriding well, the. I'll let you have it. Um, as long as you know what you're doing. <laughs> I don't, well, frankly, no, but uh, I, I'm, you know, it's all an illusion, really. Um, um, Andy Dalton, then surprised? Yeah, I was surprised. I mean. 
it should have been one of those moves. Okay, so initially I was really surprised because it's just something that doesn't happen in Cincinnati, right? Uh, they're rock solid. They they're loyal to their guys. They don't like change. They you know they like the status quo. So I was surprised, and initially I was quite not angry, but a little bit annoyed. Really, I thought they treated him badly on his birthday. I know that shouldn't really matter, yeah, but you know, as humans, you know, it's not a nice thing to. Because really, if you're benched with a year to go, and we've spoken about it on this podcast, the fact that it probably is going to be his last season in Cincinnati. Yep. Um, but why didn't you give him the courtesy of, you know, giving him a little bit more time to, to kind of trade out, really? Uh, but then again, he did have three hours. Three hours, it's not like five, it's not like that kind of whole McCarran thing to... To Cleveland, where there was a dodgy fact. Yeah, but I think for his agents to scope out, to, I mean, if a team's going to make a deal for a quarterback, they have got to have more than three hours' notice that he's going to be available. No, I don't know. I think that's just oh, about enough time. No, I don't know. But anyway, so initially I thought that's not, you know, that's that's not good treatment from the Bengals, really. But then I sort of calmed down a bit and thought, you know what, you know, he wasn't, he, he hasn't been playing well this year. There's no getting around that. Uh, there are reasons for that. Uh, we're going to talk to Ken about Andy mm. in a little while. Um, but the fact of the matter is, you know, he... The ball hasn't been coming out very well. He's been missing wide-open throws downfield. Um, he's not been comfortable in the pocket. Frankly, who would with our offensive line? Because there really hasn't been much of a pocket. Um, so there are there are reasons for his poor form. But the fact of the matter is, he hasn't played well this year so you think about it a little bit more sort of objectively and you think about it in a business sense actually not in a business sense because if you did think about it in a business sense the Bengals missed a big opportunity to get him out of there to to get some picks for next year Mm. but um I expected him if things were going along the way they were I expected him to be benched with about four games to go not necessarily eight. It's a big, bold move from Zach Taylor. And, and from what you hear, it was all Zach. It was not... Mm. It didn't come from above. It was all Zach. So it's a big, bold move. Uh, it's very strange. I feel for the guy. I was, I've was. i never been his biggest fan as, as a quarterback, as a human. Can't knock him. He's a brilliant guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's had his moments. Uh, he's taken us to the uh, playoffs five times in a row. He's gone to the Pro Bowl a couple of times. He's tied with Ken Anderson for the most touchdown passes as a Bengal. You know, he's not had a bad career at all. No, no. Um, don't know. It's it's always a bit weird when you've been with someone and watching someone. You've been rooting for someone for like nine a decade. Uh, when that time comes to kind of extricate them from the team, extricate. Look, it's a third one. If anyone, oh. any of you counting at home. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard, man. You know, no, it, can, I agree. it can go smoothly or it can go really badly. You look at Carson Palmer, you look at, mm. you know, and you looked at Andy in that interview in the in, in the, in the, in the locker room. He's fuming. The He's fuming. Away. And you can understand it, frankly. But you can also understand the Bengals' point of view as well. So it's a big, bold move. I'm just about okay with it. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to lose really at that point, is there? It's not really like there's any sort of, you know, ramifications of us sort of trying to, you know, 
win five, six games. If the NFL and the draft system worked slightly differently and it was the other way around and you needed to win as many games as possible to get the highest pick possible, I'm not sure necessarily they'd have made that move. But with the... Um, the draft system, the way it is, you know, you've got the luxury of with eight games to go to try out Ryan Finley, see what you've got, get him some experience. I I really think with Ryan Finley, uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, I, I probably would have given Dort maybe another couple of games. I really don't think Finley, I mean, we saw a bit of him yesterday. It's still far too early, his first start as a rookie, but. I think that. We've gone into the next category then. Yeah, no, so I sort of moving slowly <coughs> onwards, but. It's hard with Dalton. I, I like you said. I think the whole it was a bit of a slap in the face on his birthday, and to the fact that he had a couple of hours for the trade deadline. I think, you know, it's just one of those moves that the Bengals get. You know, the front office get a few things labelled at them from the treatment of staff and the way they do stuff. And I just think that's again possibly could have been handled slightly it's a, better. It's another stick to beat them with, isn't it? It is, and I just think not only for Andy Dalton, but there's a lot of players that have been in the team slightly longer that have got an affinity with Andy. They know him, and you know, he's a leader in that locker room. He's a captain of the team. You could tell he was annoyed. And I think that, you know, of course, he's a competitor. He wants to win. No one wants to be benched. And he's naturally going to be disappointed, but not quite sure it was 100% executed perfectly. But, yeah, it's the end, isn't it? And I think, like you said, there is some emotions to go with that because he's been around for a long time. He's brought the team a lot of success. I mean, you look at him after sort of his first five, six years, we had had a ridiculous win-loss record. Mm. Ridiculous. I mean, he... You know, he came into that league and his first year as a rookie, people were calling 0-16 no then. They were like, they've got no chance. His rookie second-round quarterback starting. You know, you've got a rookie first-round uh, picking AJ Green starting. Carson Palmer was saying he was leaving. He'd just gone. Everyone thought we'd be a laughing stock. We went to the playoffs, 9-7. and seven. So, huge credit for him giving us those years. Because I tell you what, those years were good fun. There was some really good close wins yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah. There was some exciting games of football. And I think, you know... If things had gone slightly differently, like that Pittsburgh game we always go back to and stuff like that, it could have been the very game different. that should not be named. Yeah, but moving on to Finley. So, what, what did you, what do you make of him? How did you think he did yesterday? I thought he did okay. Yeah, I thought he did okay. I mean, he made some really nice throws. He extended mm. some plays that Dalton wouldn't have been able to do. Frankly, yeah. Um, I liked him in the preseason because he stepped into the pocket, he climbed that pocket, mm. looked confident in the pocket. Yeah. Um, yesterday there was some evidence of that, and he threw some really nice passes. Uh, but then there were a few rookie mistakes. I mean that that in, that pick six was terrible. Yeah. I mean I watched him on that play, and he actually kind of stared down. I can't remember who the receiver was, but he actually stared him down. It was Ericsson, I was think. it? Yeah. Uh, stared him down. He might have actually kind of waved to him on the line pre-snap just yeah, to kind of yeah. say, no, maybe it's you, it's you. Um, so he telegraphed that pass and, you know, Marcus Peters is good at that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, he probably held on to the ball a little bit too long with the the, the sack fumble. Um, so, you know, he did okay. Yeah. I'm not going to slag him off. I mean, he, he offers you more mobility than Dalton, which is interesting. Yeah, I think, I think, so. I think He's so. a very smart guy as well. He got the highest Wonderlick score going into the combine. And yeah, I mean, he's got I'm not two so... master's degrees of geezer. So he yeah. certainly, you know, hopefully he can dissect I mean, defenses not, and not, stuff. Who knows whether it'll be in the future? I, I think, think arm strength is the big critique yes. of him. Yeah. Can he make those deep balls? And I think 
at the moment, not only his arm strength going to be an issue in terms of that, but the Bengals seriously lack any players without John Ross and AJ Green that are really going to I generate think that's the problem any as well. separation. I think yeah. Alden Tate's not the quickest guy. T- Tyler Boyd's more oh, of a slot receiver. Tate is just fantastic. Erickson, I mean, yesterday, yeah. Some of the passes, he was just like bulldozing guys around. Yeah, yeah. He really showed Big a lot guy, of grit and uh, strength as yeah, well. Yeah. But you're right. There's the speed not. You're missing that kind of real outside guy that can blaze yeah, yeah. down the field, and uh, not saying. I mean, it's a weird one in Philly. I don't know if he if he play. I don't know. I mean, do you think they're looking at it as sort of like if he's half decent, he could be the backup next year? Because I I think it would take something miraculous and mm. apps for maybe us to win six out of the last seven or something out absurd for us if we've got any sort of chance at a top three quarterback. To not take that chance next year, I think he's. They're almost looking at him. Can he be a good backup? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Zach Taylor brought him in. He obviously likes him, and not a lot of people will like to hear this, but I reckon I do. I mean, we have to rebuild this team next next year somehow, mm. um, and uh, we need to we need to figure it out. And there is an argument, and I'm just putting it out there. There is an argument if you finish. Top spot. There's an argument to trade back and get some more picks and start Finley as a bridge. Maybe get your offensive line sorted. Get your linebackers sorted. Again, there'd be riots if you're going to yeah, pass yeah, on yeah. a Joe Burrow or two a Tagliatelli. Um, <laughs> then um, this is the thing. There's so many things that need. So to like, if we were the first. The thing is, I was actually thinking about this the other day. And I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but. If you were if you held the number one overall pick and Joe Burrow carries on playing the way he's playing and people are like, This geezer is the best quarterback to come out, or Tua, because again, both of them are really good prospects. And I think, you know, people would be people would be offering you the house for that first overall they pick. Would. You know, if you traded back to like ten or something like that, you'd be looking at two firsts, possibly two seconds, possibly a third. Absolutely. And I think you Isn't know, that, I mean that that and that is the way to rebuild your team. Well, that, now that's I'm not thing, saying yeah, that yeah. I want them to do no, that. I here, just put it out there because yeah, yeah. people are probably throwing their uh, listening devices out the window and calling yeah. us all well, sorts. Joe Goodbury would be knocking us out, wouldn't he? Well, he'd try, but. Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's go on to the next subject. It's the Carson Palmer interview. Ooh, interesting. Do you care about that? I think it's interesting in the current climate. It's timed quite interestingly, isn't it? It's another stick to beat us with, isn't it? People are using it. it It's the timing, isn't it? It's quite apt. It's like... You know, piss on someone when they're down. It's yeah. like, do you know what I mean? If they, if we were four and four, he's probably not saying that. Mm. Or five and four. I think it's just he's kept quiet, hasn't he? Pretty much, even in his yeah. football life, he didn't really go for the throat, but no, no. he really did go for it. I mean, he. I mean, he did. I don't know. I actually like Carson Palmer. I really liked him as a person. I quite liked his dry sense of humour. I didn't particularly blame him when he left. I know a lot of people dislike him because he quit on the team. I'm not one of those people. It's just like, look, if you don't want to be here, then yeah. you need to go. And that's going to happen with players, you know. It's just the fact of sports, really. So just get over it. And the fact is, you know, what he's criticising the front office for, I get. But they went out and got T.O. on his instruction. For the next five years, they got out, they rebuilt a team and went to the playoffs for five years in a row. So I, th- I get it, what he's saying, but it's a little bit... You know, you can argue back quite strongly, even even with, you know, the the 
the failings of the front office, which we've spoken about before, which we believe to be failings of the front office. Um, yeah, he's got a, he's got a, a nice argument, but you can have a I think you could have a proper ding dong with him. Yeah, I mean, I think I think with the way the team's performing at the moment, it's an easy it's an easy argument. I mean, I think there's definitely been some failings in the front office in you know, for a while. I think the attitude towards free agency and bits and pieces like that, and potentially you know not being as aggressive in roster management, is a fair criticism of the Bengals. But I I just think from a professional standpoint, why why are you engaging in that if you're Palmer? Say it down the yeah. pub with a few drinks. I don't think you need to be doing podcasts, slagging off your old. I just well, he should why? come on. A, he should come on here. Really, yeah, but he? it's just to me, it's like. Would you have him on as a guest? Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, I, I he was one of the first quarterback I grew up. Was a great player. Yeah. I actually think when he after he left us. I think he's pretty poor for a while. He wasn't that good. Yeah, in he got his mojo back in and, under, Arizona in, in Oakland. He threw a lot of interceptions, and he well, was, he was a bit getting really place. inconsistent in the Bengals as well. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think even Arizona, he had, he had a couple of decent years, but he still felt like he. Yeah, there was talk about the other day about him being a Hall of Famer, which I just can't fathom. No, no. I just I mean, can't see that. He's a, he's a really that. good player. Has He's had a great career, but yeah, he's not he was, a Hall of Famer. But I don't think for a second. I mean, he had no real success in the playoffs. And I tell you, who is a Hall of Famer? Our guest which we'll get to after this final subject. How bad are we? <laughs> it's bad, isn't it? <laughs> it's really bad. I mean, it's. I mean, it, it could be historic. It could be the worst Bengals team ever. Yeah, I. I, I could really, be. Yeah, it could be. I really think we've got to try and win a game. I think we've got to win a game. I really think but it. We're playing the Raiders next week, and you, you ain't going to win that. You could. You. We penciled that in as a victory. But yeah. they're, they're like a game out of, oh, of no, Kansas City in their division. They're playing with some real confidence at the and moment. And even the as well. Jets and the the um, they've got two wins. Now, Dolphins they? are showing a little bit of fight and life. Oh man, I mean it's just so bad across the board. You know, everything is bad. Like yeah. really, like you know when I turned off the uh, the Bengals game yesterday, and I think I turned. What game did I turn on to? It was another game. Was Chiefs just, against Titans. Yeah, it was actually. And um, great game that. And it was just like, you know, Tennessee, a good team, not amazing. Chiefs have aspirations to get back where they were. Probably not going to this year, I don't think. I do think the Ravens are Super Bowl contenders. I have yeah, to say, yeah, they are. They are really like Lamar Jackson's just got that. Hey, my, my, unstoppable. My, my BFF John Harbour, mate, he, he dials oh. it up. He does. He's an animal. Well, what though. I liked about the Ravens is they made the change. They made the change from Flacco, who was inconsistent during the regular season. He had that amazing postseason where he couldn't make mm. a mistake. But during the postseason, he was just like a wardrobe in that pocket, immobile. Throwing picks left to right and centre, then the odd bomb, then the, you know yeah, what I mean. It was yeah, very inconsistent. Yeah, yeah. So getting Lamar Jackson, they had to absolutely tear up their offense and start again. Mm. And you have to give them a huge amount of credit for that. They haven't really got. I mean, you look at them; it's, they've not. It's not like they've got like you know top tier wide receivers. No, either. well, they never have really. Mar- Marquise Brown is sort of as a rookie; he's playing quite well. From Mark Andrews, a tight end. Well, like, he's the big deal. He's the yeah, big, yeah, yeah. Uh, favorite of Lamar, isn't he? Sorry, I am drinking. Tonight. I was going to say you look like you're swigging a bottle of wine out of the bottle. No, it's not. It's a uh, Menabria. 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 It's uh, Italian, Italian lager. Yeah. It's really nice, actually. Yeah, it looks quite nice. And yeah, it does yeah. look like a wine bottle. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Yeah, it's bad. I think I think um, the key, key thing that is worth noting here is we're getting towards the stage in the year where 
you know, we've played nine games. And I think with a new team, like yes. rookie team yes. of like coaches, coaching staff, you really want to see progression. You want to see players starting to understand the system and learning and progress and positivity. Even you know, you want to see it getting better. But I think it's arguably getting worse. Well, I don't know. I think I don't know. I tend to I mean, that's disagree a with that. That was it was. But if you take at home as well, yeah, I know. But if you take those two turnovers away, I mean, they're still going to get beat handily. But there was a chance of converting some points there. I thought Mixon was tremendous yesterday. Even you must admit that. He averaged less than four yards a carry. Yeah, but he got over 100. See how hard he was running. Yeah, he did. I, I admit he was running with a bit more vigour than usual. And I think the offensive line played better. I'm sure I read on yeah. Pro Football Focus they had a better game yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. So And they did they did run the ball better in London as well at Wembley against the yeah, Rams. Yeah, so yeah. I think there's a little bit of improvement. They, yeah, just, fair point. they just can't finish off in... In it's the defence, really, oh, isn't it? I just feel like when the other team's offence is on the field, that we've got no chance of stopping them. We've got no chance of making a big play. We've got no chance of like getting you know, a couple of incompletions. It just feels easy. Yeah, You know what I mean? We're so bad. Anyway, that's all we're going to talk about. Football. Well, we're not, actually. We've got plenty of correspondence, and there's a lot of angry correspondence, as you can imagine. But, um, but there's also some nice, fun questions as well, so thank you for that. Uh, but let's bring in our special guest, shall we? Um, it is he's amazing and now joining us for the second time on this podcast is Bengals legendary quarterback Ken Anderson Ken are you there I I am doing great um it was so nice seeing you uh, over for the Bengals Rams game down at the Admiralty now you looked as though you were having the time of your life there I know that you worked quite hard lots of me I saw I think I saw you on the BBC doing kind of uh, some studio work there, and the fans absolutely loved you. Uh, how was it for you? We had a great time, and I think the only reason the fans loved me <laughs> is I was throwing out hats and scarves and towels and uh, coupons for a free pint. Yeah, we've already had a couple of people on our Twitter feeds sort of saying, "Thank, please thank Ken for all the beer coupons that he thrust into my hand <laughs> during the night. So I think you won a lot of friends there. And also, you're, I have to say, I was I was very privileged to be standing next to you and doing some kind of towel throwing as well from the balcony i when i flung it into the crowd it it sort of kind of went about two feet and then dropped off dismally into the crowd but you were flinging them to the back of the room how on earth did you do that you still got it well you, you have to understand the aerodynamics of the hat <laughs> and once you do that it was more like a frisbee so if you get that little flick of the wrist uh, the, the one the one tough part was negotiating the one big chandelier that was in the middle of the room, and you kind of had to curve it around it at times. Well, all in the technique, Ken, and it all in the technique. <laughs> well, it was like that chandelier was like some enormous linebacker uh, in the middle of the field, wasn't it? I mean, you've had you've had plenty of uh, practice avoiding those guys. Yeah, well, in my offensive lineman that was there doing his radio show, Dave Lapham, I yes. think he. He landed one in the chandelier, and then I would not be the one trying to get that out. <laughs> okay, listen, uh, we were so thrilled to see you there, and I think so many Bengals fans were equally as, as thrilled, and it was just lovely to see you enjoying yourself, and uh, as I say, we hope you had a great time. But um, we've got to talk about some football, unfortunately. Or fortunately, I don't know, because we keep going round and round in this, and I guess when, when a team starts so badly, and let's face it, is playing so badly, um, 
People want to blame people. People want to find quick fixes. What's your reading of this situation at the moment? Obviously, you've been part of lots of winning teams, but you know you've been part of lots of losing teams in Cincinnati as well, uh, certainly when you're a coordinator. Um, well, how do you how do you reconcile this? How do you grapple with this? How do you how do you come to terms with all this? Well, you know, I, I think they're just in a, in a tough spot right now. Um, they're kind of short of players. Uh, you know, they're down to their fourth left tackle. Uh, nobody's got four left tackles. That's going to be hard. You know, some of their corners are out. You know, AJ Green hasn't played this year. He may be their best player. Uh, John Ross, another speedster, I mean, he's out again. So, you know, when you're that shorthanded, it, it's kind of tough to be competitive. And, and I know I, I felt, uh, really felt bad for Andy Dalton when we got back to the States and found out that uh, they were going to bench him uh, for, you know, last Sunday's game uh, against Baltimore. And, you know, I understand why you, you want to, you know, Andy's coming to the end of his contract. You want to see if, if uh, Ryan Finley, the, the kid they drafted in the fourth round, has anything. Uh, I just think it was too early to do that to Andy. Um, Kent, on the subject of quarterbacks, um, I, I think I agree with you with Andy. I think we could have perhaps given him a few extra games sort of, and brought Ryan Finley in further down the stretch. But what, what did you make of Finley's performance against the Ravens last night? Well, what you would expect uh, of a rookie, uh, you know, some bright spots, and, and he struggled at times. You know, you've got to be able to, to take care of the football. You, you can't fumble it. You can't throw interceptions. And, you know, so it was, it was going to be a, a tough day for him because I, I'm really impressed with the Ravens. And, you know, when you want to talk about a quarterback that's playing at a high level, Lamar Jackson was just outstanding in that yeah. game. Um, I'm interested. Let's, I, I agree with you. I think I think uh, we had to expect that kind of performance from Ryan yesterday. And you're right. He he showed some some nice touches. Some he made some good throws. And but of, of course he also made some mistakes. But I just want to go back to Andy real quick, Ken. As as a as a very very fine quarterback yourself, and then a a quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator as well. Um, a lot of people were calling for Andy to be benched. You know, again, the quarterback is that focal point of the team, right? So the good days, they don't get too many, too much praise and the bad days, they get it all, right? So um, Correct. Um, but what did you see in Andy's game this year specifically? Uh, did you see anything mechanically that maybe was a little bit off? Um, I'm just interested in your expert opinion on, on Andy's form. Well, you know, I, I I think number one, he's been under tremendous pressure, uh, mm. and and I saw a stat on before the game that Andy's get off time was the fastest in the NFL. You know, he's getting the ball out quickly and still getting hit, and and, and I can only speak for experience. I don't know what's going through Andy's head. It, it happened to me, uh, you know, in the late seventies, and and I developed some bad habits, and you know, you kind of see ghosts sometimes uh, pressure when there's no pressure, when you've actually got more time to throw and, and you know, you're anticipating it coming. And, you know, and, and I will say this, you know, people forget that Andy took the team to the playoffs his first five years that he was in the league. Absolutely. And everybody was excited that we had Andy. And, and I think if you look at the, the drafts uh, since Andy's year, which I think was 2012, and, and there's not been really one offensive lineman that, that they've drafted that uh, that's hidden is, is playing it. And I think that's 
or if they you drafted a one, you know, they got away in, in free agency, you know, uh, you know, so it's, uh, I think that's tough on him. And, you know, and, and I was about, uh, Andy's age when they were calling for me to get out of Cincinnati. And in fact, they drafted my replacement in 1979 with the first round draft choice, Jack Thompson out of Washington state. Mm. But it's amazing that, you know, the next year we drafted a guy named Anthony Munoz, and then next to him was a guy that we drafted in 79, a guy named Max Montoya. And then we had a first-round draft choice at center in Blair Bush, and we had Dave Lapham and Glenn Bushnock at at right guard, and and, and a guy named Mike Wilson, who would have been a a high draft choice uh, from Georgia had he not tore up his knee uh, his senior year. And, geez, when the offensive line got good, I got good again, yeah. you know, so I, yeah, yeah. I think there's, there's, there's no secret to that. You know, you've, you've got to have a, an offensive line and, 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 you know, you'd like to run the football. And although I will say this, the, the running game kind of sparked up a, a little bit last week, but it's, mm. it's been a tough year for Joe Mixon. So yeah, it's just, um, yeah. And so I think, like I said, it all starts up and, you know, then the defense is struggling. We got a couple of cornerbacks that out that are out and, you know, geez, you know, in our in, uh, the game over in, in London, hmm. uh, you know, we could we couldn't stop Cup going across the middle. You yes. know, I mean, we'd have them backed up third long, and all of a sudden you know, they pull off a fifteen or twenty yard pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ken, do you think that's the last we've seen of Andy Dalton um, in Bengals uniform? Do you think he'll play any more this season, or you know, certainly going into next season? Do you expect a trade, or you know, him to be released? How do you, you think that's it for him? I, you know, I don't know. Uh, I think a, a little bit has to do uh, with how Ryan Finley plays. Um, if they were to get uh, the number one pick in the draft, do they take that Burroughs kid who played really well last week, uh, you know, for LSU against Alabama? And, you know, I always tell people, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was, uh, you know, a, a couple years ago, the Bears traded up to the the number two pick in the draft to take Mitch Trubisky, and, and he is struggling. Um, it wasn't too far along that uh, the, uh, the the Denver Broncos traded up to draft Paxton Lynch, and that didn't work out. Now he's a, a backup quarterback with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't too long ago that Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota were the number one and number two picks in the draft, and Mariota's been benched and now. Looks like his days as a starter may be over. Jameis Winston turns the ball over too much. So, you know, there, there's nobody that you take is, is going to be a, a sure thing. And uh, and like I say, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again, I'm a big Andy Dalton fan. Yeah, I think you made some really good points there. I mean, just looking at the draft, I, mean, I know it's very, very early, but looking at Joe Burrow and Tua from Alabama and Justin Herbert, like, are any of those guys, have you done much, sort of, have you looked at those guys much? Is there any of the three in particular that you think like look like good players? I, you know, I, I really haven't. You know, I, I watched uh, probably half of the Alabama LSU game. Mm. Uh, you know, last last Saturday, and you know they both look good. And, and I think he's got uh, you know talking about Burroughs, he's got the size for it. Mm. Um, you know, Tua. I mean, this is the the second year in a row he's had uh, you know an ankle sprain that he's had you know been operated on for it. So you know you you, you don't know and. And, and like I say, it's uh, these guys look like the greatest thing since sliced bread, and, and yeah. some of them just don't turn out. Well, Ken, uh, it's, it's again we're str- scratching our heads here. I'm sure lots of Bengals fans are because we want when everything goes wrong like this. It you kind of 
you desperately want it to be fixed really quickly and and you kind of want to blame people you want to blame mike in the front office and and katie and troy you want to blame zach and his team you want to blame the players you want to blame you know the weather you want to blame anything that you can get hold of um would you agree that the team needs to be pretty much refurbished in terms of talent next year and and how would you go about it well you know it's it's tough you know a lot of people thought that they should have been uh, more active at the trade deadline a few weeks ago and maybe they could have gotten something from AJ Green he's you know his contract expires after this year and and he's been injured the last couple of years. You know, could they have gotten something for a Tyler Eifert or, or an Andy Dalton had they so chose to do that to, to accumulate some draft choices? But you know, but unfortunately, they're going to be kind of they'll, they'll have a, a high pick in, in the first and the second round. And you know, you hope you can you know draft players that uh, that are going to be game changers with those two picks. But you know, they're not going to get a lot of extra picks. Ken, you just meant, touched on AJ Green a moment ago. Um, you know, with his contract coming up at the end of the year, are you hopeful that the Bengals can get a deal done with him, or do you think there might be talk with the franchise tag, or does does he go to you know does he go somewhere else? What's your take on that? Well, I don't know. He has publicly said he'd like to finish out his career in Cincinnati, and you know, you know like I say, unfortunately, it, it can be a cruel business at times, and. When you look at a receiver that's going to be 31, if he's not 31 already, that he's been banged up, and how many, you know, how much dollars do you invest uh, in a player like that? And, and I'm sure that you know AJ sees uh, the the contracts that uh, guys like Julio Jones and some of those other ones uh, have signed, and I'm sure those are the dollars that he's looking for. And, you know, and are the Bengals willing to spend that? So uh, I think it'll be a, an interesting off season with with some of those guys and, and, and whether they extend Andy or, or draft somebody with the number one pick. Uh, but uh, so it's going to be an interesting off season. Unfortunately, we've got to finish off this one and find some way to, to salvage a couple wins. Absolutely. So you, 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 you're, I mean, again, a lot of fans are into this whole concept of tanking. And I think we've said on this podcast that we hate that idea. Um, so you, you think the best course of action do you is to get some wins, to get some momentum, to kind of, to go into next season, would that be that be fair to say? No question about it. And, and again, I go back to uh, you know when we had a coaching change in 1980 when Forrest Gregg came in, and we were only six and ten that year. But by the end of the year, we could see that we were getting better, and, and we were understanding the offense that that Lindy and Fonte brought in, and, and what, what Hank Bullahat was doing on the defensive side of the football. And so we were excited going into the next year. And, this has been a you know a tough year with a a totally new coaching staff coming in and, and new schemes on offense and defense and you know at, at this point you'd like to see kind of some of the fruits of, of what they've done and uh, done and the, the players and you know the the one bright side is we're getting a lot of players with experience because of injuries right so we ought to have a little bit more depth next year when everybody gets healthy mm, absolutely well Ken. Um... Again, it's a, an absolute dream come true talking to you, I must say. And, and thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Um, we'd love to have you on again. Um, before before we go, um, one of your old teammates, uh, Jim LeClaire, passed away last week. Uh, I wondered if you could, wanted to take this opportunity to, to, to say a few words about Jim. Uh, what a, a, a good linebacker and good person that he was. And, 
you know, we had a, a real good linebacker here when I got here, Bill Berge. Uh, and he was in the, the mold of a, a Butkus and a Ray Nitschke and, and, and those kind of guys. And, you know, in a, in a contract dispute that, you know, he ended up going to Philadelphia and, and Jim replaced him, which was a hard deal to do. But Jim was a, a, a tremendously talented linebacker. And, and I know uh, as uh, our texts were going around, we found out that he passed. And, you know, one of the stories about Jim that when he was in college, that, that he wrestled a bear. Right. And uh, and one wow. and, uh, and and as I said, well, you know, finally the the bear got even, but it took him sixty nine years. Absolutely, very well said, Ken. And once again, thank you so much for being incredible with the fans. I think uh, a lot of people in that pub, that packed pub, will will carry the memories of meeting you for a long, long time. And uh, so, yeah, again, thank you for being so friendly and approachable and fantastic with the fans. Well, that was my pleasure, and I just hope that uh, the, the Bengals get back over there sooner rather than later because we've had a tremendous time. This was our, our second time that we had a chance to come over uh, for that game, and and uh, we had a, a blast in London. And, you know, it, it's just so nice to see that the, not only the, uh, the the people in the U.K., but uh, the number of people from other European countries that right. were there. And Absolutely, yeah. The, yeah. the number of jerseys of all the teams that you see and – you know, it happened to be the, the Bengals and the Rams, but I think that there's a, a thirst for American football over there, and I think it, it showed by the, the crowds they had for the four games that they had over there this year. Well said, Ken. Uh, once again, thank you for the time. Have a fantastic rest of your day, and hopefully we can speak again soon. Well, you have my number. Whenever you need me, give me a call. Okay, Ken, I appreciate that. Take care. Thanks, Ken. Cheers, Thank, mate. thank you. That was Ken Anderson, soon-to-be Hall of Famer. What a gent. What a geezer. What a bloke. He really just well spoken, intelligent. I want to kiss him. He's a well spoken. Did I try and kiss him? <laughs> I might have done. I might have been escorted from the president. Thank God with you and Ken. Don't you be telling B, uh, BW Web about this? <laughs> uh, no, but uh, lots of interesting stuff there. And I think he I think he admitted, just he wouldn't say it outright, but I think he did admit that Andy was showing signs of shall we say, wear and tear in that interview, I think. Mm. Um, and Jim LeClaire wrestled a bear. That rhymes as well. Yeah. It's just, okay. <laughs> Isn't that Man, amazing? I, should we get, I think, you know, the season's winding out a bit here. I think we, we need, we're struggling for content on this we're podcast. We're not struggling for we're content. We're not, but what I'm saying is additional content. You want us to wrestle a bear, I was just you, You've cut me straight to my should point. Should we go down? London Zoo, listeners, is about two miles away from it's this house. It's not far, is it? We could easily go in there and wrestle some sort of predator. <laughs> yeah, big grizzly bear. And just see how it goes. I'll boost you over the fence. And then run we'll get, away. And then get a phone And out. then I'll get, get mauled the, to death. Get the video on, live stream it on Bengals UK. Mate, the fans would love it. They would. Oh, they'd love it to see me mauled to death. In they? a tiger costume. <laughs> uh, yeah, tiger versus bear. Or who in a Ryan win? Finley jersey. That's what I think Seriously, though, who would win? A tiger versus bear in real life. Tight. Well, it depends what bear, wouldn't it? Like, if it's a big old fella, grizzly. Now, what's the is brown bear's the biggest one, isn't is it? it? I'm not. I'm not an expert on. Bears. Oh, I reckon. That, oh, I don't know. You'd have to be if it's a fully tigers grown bear. Tigers are vicious, aren't they? I reckon a tiger probably do. But it. the bears are massive. They could just stand there and take it. Some of them aren't. That. I think the black bears aren't that. But a tiger would destroy a black bear. I think. But tiger, yeah. Listeners, do tell us. I think the tiger. Who day underscore UK. Tiger versus bear. It's a big, like, Bengal tiger. But bears have got these nasty uh, claws, haven't they? 
Probably way more, wouldn't it? The brown bear. I'm sure the brown bear is the brown bear would just take it and then just swing. It just one punch for the tiger. The tiger's more agile though. He is. He'd have to catch it. Be a good fight. Be a good fight, wouldn't it? Yeah. Anyway, let's get to it. Bengals UK hosting unlicensed animal fighting events. That's right. All in the same room from next week. Roll up, roll up. Exotic animals (laughs) going at it. We're really not, honestly. I hate that kind of stuff. Anyway, (laughs) let's get to our corresponses. There are a lot. So, um, um, I've only written their Twitter handle, so I do apologise. At the Booker Man. Um, I think he is the Booker Man. Um, no, no. I'd like to see Zach let Callahan call plays for the rest of the season. Zach can focus on being a head coach, and we can see if Bill is any good as an OC. There is no DC in the league that wants to take our DC job, which is why we got Lou anyway. Nobody else would take it. I don't know. I had a, I had a pint with Lou Anarumu. Yes, so I, I hear. sneaked in downstairs to the VIP. So you're to blame then. Yeah, well, he's, me and him were having pronies. Really? Yeah, me and him, Lou having a prony. He's all right, he's all right. He's, he, nice he, chap. He, he seemed a bit downbeat, if I'm being honest. Yeah, well, he would be. <laughs> um, I don't know. He's a nice geezer, to be fair. Give Callahan a bit more responsibility. I, I, just I, think, don't I don't think they will. I, th- I think the one. Thing I think they're going to. I think they're just going to have a really big look at the way they do they, things. I think the what they've season. done wrong, really, and it's so easy to say with hindsight, but when you actually think about it, the the, the sheer inexperience across the board is quite yeah. staggering. It's, I mean, it's Zach Taylor's never even factor, really been an offensive coordinator before. Callahan's a very young offensive mind, never really been a coordinator. Luana Rumu has been a defensive back coach his whole career, going back into the early nineties. He's only he only ever had a very short stint at Miami as their defensive coordinator sort of an interim role and I just think you can pair so like you can bring someone in who's a young talent you know and pair them with some experience a Sean McVay like Wade Phillips as we've said before I just think across the board in a difficult job with a lot of injuries it's a bit of a recipe for disaster that level I want to know what Mark Duffner's doing and that's all I say on that. Yeah. He's not really had the influence that uh, he was supposed to. Anyway, at Andrew Townsend 2. That's Andrew Townsend. So hypothetically, we end up with the number one pick. We snap up a quarterback. Can our beloved franchise build what is required within that rookie QB contract? Because personally, I cannot see us paying the big bucks to keep him after that has ended. Just a thought. I don't know. They They did it with Carson and they did it with Andy. They extended them for a second. Oh contract. yeah, if he's a good, if he's good, they're, they're I think they them. are like that. I think they are like, well, we want you for a decade. It's a quarterback as well. You just, you know what I mean? You yeah, can't do it. but I think what he's saying, well, you know, you look at the money that's being yeah, thrown yeah, away. Yeah. They did get a good deal with Andy. Um, I don't know. It's a difficult question. Um, the Bengals have got the thing is they've got to if they go and get Joe Burrow. Let's say they get Joe Burrow right first overall. Everyone's going mad and pissing themselves with excitement, right? You've got it. They ain't going to be good next year. I just, I think there's a real aging roster, and they're going to have to draft bloody well. Yes, like they're going to have to go and get. Not only are they going to have to hit with the quarterback, they're going to have to hit with the second and third round picks. They might and have to get another wide receiver. They might have to get like a diamond in the rough fourth, fifth rounder that's going to be that's going to be impactful. Jonah Williams is going to have to come back and play well, and they're probably going to have to get two or three impactful free agents. Not sort of you know, sorry, Paul, but B.W. Webb and no, no, some of these right. other guys are more like rotate. You How know, low dare end. You. How <laughs> Dare you <laughs> but, say that? But like none of these like low end rotational players. No, absolutely, it's got to be people that are going to come in and do a job. But yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's realistically for us to compete. We're probably looking at about two. There's going to have to be an enormous churn of of players, and we've got a question later on about that. Next, it's Craig Mergenthal at Craig Mergenthal. First time caller, I believe. First time caller. I don't think it can be said enough. This makes me appreciate even more what Marvin Lewis did for this team. Amen. It was time to move on. He can't stay indefinitely. But this team was at least relevant for the bulk of 15 years. If only those knuckleheads in 2015 didn't mess up. Uh, yeah, very, I think we've always point. said that I think history will judge Marvin's time in Cincinnati. Marvin going out of Cincinnati after 15 years of winning records, outrageous. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, absolutely. It really is outrageous. Absolutely. Uh, Peter Dadswell at Dadders. It's a sad time when you find yourself wishing away the clock for most of the second half, but that's how I felt against the Ravens. Yeah. Our defence was embarrassing. If I'm to find any silver lining, then it is this. The running game started to look like we, what we expected and the offence was at least serviceable. Finally, wins by the Dolphins, Jets and Atlanta strengthen our grip on the number one pick. And having watched the two QBs in the frame on Saturday night, that is exciting. Ravens should be the model for us going forward. A good but not brilliant team. They took the plunge on a new, exciting quarterback. They were prepared to remodel themselves completely around him and are now reaping what they sowed. Bengals front office, take note. Well, it's All fair points. All fair points. Now, Jamie Rowe at Trequart Beaster. Zach Taylor strikes a tragic figure. Like Willie Loman from Arthur Miller's Death of a Salesman, he strikes as a delusional figure, oblivious <laughs> to his own failure. I only hope we move on soon. <laughs> Brutal. Brutal. I'm actually going to see Death of a Salesman uh, next week. But there we go. That's another story. Here's a challenge, he continues. Uh, a nice literary reference there. I like that. Mm. Bring a bit of culture to the podcast. That's all we need. Sadly, sorely missing, I think. <laughs> uh, here's a challenge. Jamie says, name 15 players from the current active roster that you think could hang on the roster of a playoff team. I again silence, but I I I came up with about nine, I think. It's hard because I do feel we probably seriously overstate our players, but I do think you put one some of those players into teams that were winning and that the you know the atmosphere and the environment are probably getting playing better. You, off the top of my head, that 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 are like that are, are we talking about players that are injured or just players that are no? You said active at the moment. So that are actually able to play. Yeah, yeah. Dunlap, Geno Atkins, um, William Jackson. Yeah, probably Jackson. Denard, I think, would be a nice oh, rotational I he, piece. Oh, I think he'd struggle. Well, I think he'd be good in the slot as a as a backup. So that's what that's that's for. Uh, that's about it for the defense at the moment. I think. Um, yeah, I don't think there's much else. Mixon. Billings might be sort of the app. I oh, know, I think probably yeah. Mick, Mixon. Mick, Mixon, yeah, he'd probably be, yeah. Tyler Boyd. Yeah. Uh, I had more than this, but I can't remember. Geo, maybe, no, as a piece. I don't think he would. Anyway, you prove your point, Jamie. I don't think there is. Sad, though, isn't it? It is very sad, absolutely. Um, and it's safe to say Jamie's not a fan of Zach Taylor. Mike Hudson at Mike Hudson Sucks. Hot take, we didn't allow a point in the fourth quarter. Defence is important and keeps the game manageable. Uh, thank you for that, Mike. All at quite severe hook. 
How much dollar do you think we need to cobble together to get my count? One billion? I'll check my couch. See, there's a lot of this going on. Mm. Get Zach out. Get Mike Brown out. All the, all the, all the rage. Get Paul Hirons in. I've seen. You know, you know that Frankly, guy. No, at, no one's been in. Yet, <laughs> you know actually. that guy at uh, Paul Brown Stadium. He does the banner every single week for mm. the games. I reckon next week it's going to be get Paul Hirons in on the banner. You reckon? That's what I reckon. Have a word. Um, Richard at Always Open 85. I've got nothing positive on the football front to ask. We could discuss if Zach Taylor is a one-and-done coach if this continues to the end of the season. Anyway, on the non-football front, what are Nathan's top five European cities to spend a long weekend in? Oh, this is what I'm talking about now. I saw this earlier and I was was licking my chops. Go on then. He's got his phone out. He's looking at his notes. Right, here we go. So I've got, I've got, I was having a little look at this on the way home, actually. Right, top five in Europe. I'm going to start, there's in no particular order, just five absolute bangers that I recommend. Yes. Ljubljana in Slovenia. Okay. Stunning, beautiful, almost Disneyland-like, really underrated, not many people know, beautiful place, easy to get to, stunning, you can take a day trip to Lake Bled, beautiful. Florence in Italy. I think if you're going to Italy, it's better than Rome. Rome is more to see, but it's Florence is a little bit more sort of, a bit more quaint. Compact, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, a bit more compact. It's a little it's bit less amazing stuff mental. There, Be- beautiful city. Istanbul in Turkey. Mm. A lot of people miss that. That's absolutely unbelievable. So much energy and stuff going on and, you know, really interesting. So much to see. Spice markets are incredible. It's just... Spice really, really girls. cool place. Yeah, really Brilliant. good, really good rooftop bars in Istanbul. Hello, mate. really good rooftop bars. Yep. Um, Ipswich. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else did I have? I've, got, I've lost my list. Um, oh come on, man! You're the you're the travel expert. You've got some Eastern European Tallinn. Tallinn in Estonia, Estonia is okay. a very, very beautiful and quaint little city. That's I four. Full, fully recommend that for a good city. And break. the last one, Budapest in Hungary. Really? I didn't Budapest like is bang. You went 25 years ago, though, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have any electricity, but I went. Oh, mate, Budapest now is so much. It's a lot to do there. It's a really good. If you want to go there for sort of a fun weekend, like go in the thermal baths, have a few cheap cheap pints by the river. There's lots of good out. Lots of old ruin bars there. So these old warehouses right, and stuff right. that used to be sort of manufacturing mills, they've turned into really sort of like weird bars. Really cool. Really fun. Well, there's your five, Richard, and I will add in. Interesting that you don't ask the travel journalists you <laughs> answer the uh, you ask the uh, oh Paris I love it <laughs> no not Paris I'm going Reykjavik yeah yeah I'm going Helsinki yeah and uh, I, I think Florence is a fair shout actually and I'll go Vienna as well mm. all Vienna worst city you've I been mean, to I mean it, it means nothing to me what's your worst city you've been to in Europe the worst um, or let you down I had the worst experience in Budapest really yeah I went um I'd gone on my own, travelling a few times, so I was quite confident. And I went. Mm. I thought, you know, I'm just gonna. I didn't even book a hotel. <laughs> I just went. Just winging it. I flew. I flew to Budapest, and this was about. It was about twenty years ago, actually. Maybe yeah, twenty years ago. I'd heard really good things. It was like really up and coming. Lots of crazy clubs and nightlife and everything like that. So I thought I'd have a pop at that, and I've never been that far east before. Yeah, yeah. Been to Germany a few times, loved it. I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah fantastic. Yeah. Got to the airport and uh, booked a hotel, no problem. You know, one of these airport desks, you know what I mean? 
God, bloody hell. I know, right? <laughs> and then I went, um, got a cab, and it sort of drove straight into the city centre and then carried on. And I was like, right, we're getting out properly out into the neighbourhoods here. And um, I ended up at this tower block on, on the outskirts, and it was like proper sort of Soviet brutalist, which I love, Uh architecturally yeah, yeah but to stay there it was like in the middle of this like kind of really quiet neighborhood and it's fine but i was like i was starting to get a bit edgy it's like don't know where i am don't know what this place is and it's like you know you had to hand your passport over at the desk and some shady looking guys at the desk and uh probably absolutely fine but i just was in that kind of like right yeah, this yeah. is all a bit weird now i just want to get into like a holiday inn somewhere <laughs> and feel nice safe I went up to my room and there was a camp bed in there with like zebra, <laughs> like fake zebra skin on the on the bed. And um, like a dodgy porno. Well, it was. And the, well, it's funny you mentioned porno because all the channels on the telly were porn channels. <laughs> I just could not get to sleep. Not because of that, I'm, I'm hasten to add. But I, I just could. I Racking just, up a massive feel. <laughs> well, no, it was like, it was like terrestrial oh, for really? free yeah, to air yeah, porn. Yeah. Uh, sleeping on this zebra skin sort of camp bed, fold I can, up. I can picture it. <laughs> and then at night, loads of people just like walking like um, outside my door. I uh, just kept walking up and down, up and down. Yeah. And uh, you know when you can see like the little light in the Ooh, crack yeah, of the yeah, door, yeah, and you yeah. can see like foot, like feet, shadows of feet moving up and down. And so many times they just stopped outside my door. I was absolutely crapping it. <laughs> And the next day, I was like, I checked out, and I did go and get an ibis in the middle of town. Yeah, fair yeah, enough. So. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, a bit of a story there for you. Dubrovnik as well. That's the one I missed on my list. Oh, right. Dubrovnik, beautiful. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm all about the Scandinavian countries and Nordic mm. countries, so go there. Copenhagen. Off to, off to Kiev in two weeks, I am. Copenhagen's amazing as well. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, anyway, this is not a travel show. Alistair maybe Lake. we should do a travel show, though. Maybe we should do like a road trip YouTube like thing. Palmer and Hyron's take on Europe. Oh, Lord. In Bengals jerseys. <laughs> Another sip of my Manabria there. Alistair Legg at Derby's Bengal. Uh, seems we are heading for an early draft pick. I want to know a little bit more about the prospects we could be looking at and who you guys would pick and why. Finley had a hard task yesterday to really show what he could do and is going to show... And is he going to show enough to, to not select QB thoughts? We've kind of discussed that. I thought too and what I saw... Two and Burrow look terrific for different reasons at the weekend. I think Tua might be the better quarterback, <coughs> but I just think he's struggling with his ankle, isn't he? Well, as Sam? Ken said. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but we'll we'll dig into that, Alistair, don't worry. There's plenty. To, I know everyone wants to kind of look to the future now, but we'll dig into that. Joe Burrow wears nine. I like that. Okay. Um, I think we discussed Finley a little bit earlier on in the, in the mm. program, didn't we? Matt Moon at Matt Moon. Hello, Matt. It felt like Ken enjoyed the Admiralty as much as the rest of us. And I think he, he, you heard him, and he did. If we are going for a top QB next draft, what kind of OL offensive line will he be behind? Trey Hopkins is the only known quantity good enough. Jonah and anyone we draft will effectively be year one players. So are we expecting free agency moves? Also, will we plan well enough to give any QB the best chance of success? And I've not even mentioned the defence yet. Also, with Hard Knocks 13 making me a Bengal, I like AD. However, have found myself pondering how long AD would have been our QB if we hadn't had Green. Oh, there's a lot to unpack there, Matt. Um, 
don't know. I mean, I think we would have got another receiver, wouldn't we, uh, if it were not AJ Green. Um, but they just seemed to come in at the same time and formed a special relationship, really. Yeah. Um, as for planning, you know, that's what they've got to do. You know, that, that you can't just a draft draft a top end quarterback and then say off you go with this offensive mm. line. They've got to work in tandem. They've got to get them both sorted out. Really, you've got to probably get at least one free agent lineman. Probably draft a lineman in the top, th- the round two or three. Yep. Yeah, and then hope no one gets injured again. Right, uh, Stuart Baird, no, Memphis Soul Stuart, Stuart Baird, 88. Tyler Eifert scored a TD. Good to see him being used. It's hard to keep positive, but I will try. Uh, I know you will, Stu. Uh, Is Bian- he a one-year contract, Tyler Eifert? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. interesting to see what happens at the Bianco Verde at Bianco Verde. This Solid season, handle, this, first one. Oh, yeah. This season is an absolute car crash. We're going to get a high draft pick, most likely the first. Is Zach Taylor to be trusted with it? We are bad in every department. There are no bright spots. How can the team of coaches he's assembled be trusted to turn this around? I can't even listen to it anymore, to be honest. It's all just meaningless hyperbole. The facts are, and the truth is, we are wretched. On course to be one of the worst football teams in history. Get Time me to, a knife. Yeah, we get what you're saying, Bianco. Um, it's not good. I want to talk about Taylor probably in a couple of weeks. I yeah, just feel like, do you know what I mean? Rather than sort of get too into it now, I want to see where we are, sort of 14 games in perhaps, and yes. have a chat then. Uh, Mike Smith at solid underscore handle. Solid handle. What's your favourite pizza? Now, that's oh, a question that mate, I'm talking this is about. A question. So I had a pizza today for lunch, right? There's a, a pub called the Regent Pub yes. in Angel in Islington. And they do two pizzas for £12 on a Monday and Tuesday. And the pizza is absolutely top drawback. Definitely top five pizza I've ever had. Buffalo mozzarella, fresh chilies, fresh basil, and a few fresh tomatoes on top. Absolutely unbelievable, mate. I'm quite bored. Even though I'm sort of... 90% veggie, I do eat a bit of fish, and I love tuna and anchovies on pizza. Really? That's oh, unusual, that yeah. I have to have anchovies on everything. Really? That's unusual. I love them. I don't know why, but there we go. So, Richard Dixon at Lord Rixendale. Solid handle. Since you are no longer... Um, since you no longer ask the special guests what their favourite beers are, what are yours? Current tops of me... Current tops for me are Tiny Rebels, Marshmallow Porter, Shipyard Blimey. IPA, and the classic Timothy Taylor Landlord. Uh, Rich, honestly, I'm not a huge aficionado when it comes to beer. I'm drinking this tonight. I'm quite enjoying it. Um, you're miles ahead for me. I like Gamma, Beaver Town Gamma Ray on taps of bang. I always like that. Uh, Camden Hills, if you want a straight up lager, I love Camden yeah, Hills. Yeah, I'm not really a, an ale man. I'm just a, I'm just quite boring, yeah. sorry. Neck oil's good. I've gone back to drinking wheat beer a bit more recently. I always quite liked Hogarden. If um, you want to talk, Rich, if you want to talk rums with me, then now we're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a rum man. You're a rum man. Uh, right, finally... At Sam Anger. No, that's wrong. Sam Anger at Sam underscore Anger. All right, lads. First TV film crushes. Nathan, the 1998-1999 Palmer team. Most underrated, underachieving team in world football at the time, yes or no? No, oh, definitely yes. Palmer, by the way, turned over Roma 2-0 yesterday. I was absolutely loving that. No, if you don't know American listeners, Nathan Palmer supports Palmer, the Italian Palmer. football 
Palma, uh, the Italian football team in Serie A. They're a fantastic team back in the 90s. There's Sam Aluzu, mm. some seriously good players back there. You've got Lilian Taram, Hernan Crespo, Fabio Cannavaro, right, Gigi Buffon. Right. Like, I absolutely agree with that. Did you have a... I think that's an interesting question from yeah. Sam. First TV or film crushes? Hilary Duff. In what? What was she? Well, she was in like, like Lizzie McGuire's kids shows. I always used to f*** her in that. I, I'm going to go for Molly Ringwald... I'm obviously a bit older than you and probably a bit older than most people listening to this podcast, so this is going to be quite embarrassing. Vera Lynn in 1930. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Mae West. <laughs> no, I'm going to go for Joanne Wally in The Singing Detective. She got me all sorts of hot and bothered. I didn't even know what... She my... made you think, uh, feel things you'd never felt before. Honestly, I had no clue what I was feeling. <laughs> And I still don't. At that age, I thought, what are these funny feelings in my tummy? <laughs> and, oh, look. No, I won't get into that. No. Um, <laughs> so, Joan Wally in The Singing Detective, Molly Ringwald in uh, The Breakfast Club, and uh, who else was it? There was another one that I really liked. Oh, yeah. Uh, a little known actress that no one really knows, Meg Tilly. Mm. There you go. There you go. Well, there we go. Oh, yes, uh, Sam is a three-part question. Uh, lastly, Paul, I'd like a Kevin Harlan impression from you describing an in-game <laughs> fight between you and Baker Mayfield in 10 seconds. No bloody chance. I love Kevin Harlan. He's, He's my favourite commenter. Holy Toledo! <laughs> um, in fact... Holy Toledo! There we go, Sam. I'm not going to do impression, but that was a bit of Kevin there. Um, but fighting Baker Mayfield... Do you reckon you could have Mayfield? All right, I'll give it a go. Do you reckon bit me and you could take Mayfield on? Probably All right, I'd go for the Tash, I think. I think he's got a thing about it. He's not it. a big geezer, is he? No, but he'd just get hold of his whiskers. Do you see Hold him there, and you could finish him off, basically. I'll finish him off with a super kick. Oh. Yeah, so I'll go for the Tash. I'm the Tash. I'm going in Tash, and you're going in finish off. I'll just go for kick. the HBK Shawn Michaels super kick. Okay, I don't even know what that is, but I'll trust you. Um... What else have we got? I think we've got a Papa Dom Preach, haven't we? Yeah, I've got one. Go on then. Um, new listeners, I apologise um, in advance, but uh, this is a, an irregular feature where... Uh, <laughs> so basically, a while back, Nathan could not pronounce the, the word Papa Dom uh, correctly, uh, and then we thought it'd be hilarious to do a, a subject called Papa Dom Preach. So it's just basically an opportunity for Nathan to vent about non-football matters. So, uh, 30 seconds begins now. Hummus. Shocking. A bit like I was saying for about avocado. It's so overrated, hummus. It's just, you don't really taste of anything. It's bland. It's a bit cold and horrible and shriveled up. You've got these people dipping those horrible carrots into them and like bits of celery and stuff. <laughs> it absolutely makes me cringe a bit. It makes me crawl a bit. It just makes me, I, I just, and everyone gets really excited about it as well. Like you hear people going on, oh, I love hummus. And there's all these like funny little posts on Facebook about all these people like, oh, yeah, me and a bit of hummus. Oh, I'll have it on everything. Me, I can't stand it. It's overrated. Oh, I've run out of time. What do you think about hummus? I like it. Do you? <laughs> yeah, of course it tastes of something. It just tastes of I mean, you could, cardboard in a you dip. Could, you could kind of grout tiles with it, to be honest with you. But it's it's good, isn't it? <laughs> oh, Because you no. can have variations, like proper hummus that you get. Not this st- like gritty stuff that you get in the supermarket. 
but like the proper smooth, like the Israeli hummus that they sell down maybe, at the deli down yeah, there. Yeah, maybe that. But I don't Holy I, moly, I, I just with pineapple in the front and some olive oil, give it to me. You might as well like just rub it all over me, <laughs> let me lick myself. Anyway, on that image, that on that savoury note, in that savoury note, um, listen. Thank you so much for listening. I know it's tough. Uh, I know that a lot of people don't want to listen, don't even want to hear the name Bengals in um, uh, in their lives, especially on a Monday after a defeat like that. So, thank you so much for sticking with us. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, hopefully, an improved performance against the Raiders. Nathan, what do you think? That was our last win, wasn't it, against the Raiders last year? Was it? Yeah, it was the last team we beat. Good knowledge, yeah. Um, the Raiders are on the up, aren't they? And we're on the road, I believe, against yes, them. It's going to be a tough game going into Oakland. Um, want to see Ryan Finley a bit more, see what he can do. Um, see AJ Green will be back. Hopefully. Do you think he will, though? Because yeah, we I do, when we talk about Grim, do you think there's a chance he'll play again this season? Do you think I he think might so. just wrap it up a bit? And well, who knows? But I, I would hope so. I, no, I, I don't think we'll see him. Really? No, I think from a business standpoint, they'll want to wrap him up, and he'll want to. His yeah. agent and himself will want to wrap themselves up and say, you know, unless we get a new contract, we're not risking that ankle getting any worse. Well, on that cheery note. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yes, thank you so much for listening. We're actually smashing, mate. Thirty-five-seven. There you go. That's <laughs> it, Nathan. Bring it back. Um, we'll be back next week, and in the meantime, you can get hold of us. Uh, on Twitter at today underscore UK. Honestly, our followers have gone through the roof. The online tailgate is going really, really well. We've got another giveaway this Sunday, so do tune into that on Twitter. And if you want to get hold of us on Facebook, you can do. We're at Bengals UK on Facebook. So again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Ken Anderson. An absolute pleasure to talk to him again. <sighs> so it's only left for me to say it's a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.